Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. From the Unitarian Universalist Ministers Association's Standards of Professional Practice. In general, the future well-being of a congregation is best assured by the fully effective departure from leadership of any minister whose service to that congregation has ended. Congregations are especially vulnerable in periods of ministerial transition. Therefore, departing ministers should exercise particular care to minimize their influence and presence within the congregation and their interactions with members, staff, and clients during times of transition. There should be no intentional or ministerial contact between a departing minister and members, staff, or clients of congregations for at least a two-year period. You can Google that, it's, it's online. <laughs> My friend called me as soon as she had done it. Katie, she said, I finally did it. I gave him back his iPad. Oh good, I sighed with relief. A month had passed since the breakup, and she and I had agreed she would give the iPad back at that time. She still sounded pained. I gave him back his iPad so I won't be able to read his emails and Facebook messages and track him on Google Calendar. <laughs> I know, I said, that's for the best. I won't know what he's doing anymore, she reminded me. I know, I said again. That is for the best. I know, she replied, but I don't want to. I couldn't blame her. In the biblical book of Ecclesiastes, or Koheleth in the Hebrew, which means gatherer or teacher, we are told that for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. The teacher writes that there is a time to be born and a time to die a time to plant and a time to pluck up what has been planted, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. My friend had reached a time to refrain from embracing both physical and digital. Of course, there is a lot of good sense behind the refrain from embracing. When a relationship has ended, continued contact can delay the process that I believe scientifically is called getting over it. <laughs> After the breakup, my friend and I mapped out the whole next year. At one month, she would return the iPad. Around four, she wouldn't miss him all the time anymore. Around eight months, she would join OkCupid. And at one year, maybe, she would start dating seriously again. 
At each stage, she would call me or another buddy if she felt the strong urge to text, email, or Facebook stalk her ex, because that would set her back. The logic was flawless, and all her heart needed to do was follow the rules. Acknowledge that for everything, there is a season. In this popular excerpt of Ecclesiastes, included even in the late Unitarian Universalist Pete Seeger's Turn, 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 we miss the context of these verses. Surely the teacher in Ecclesiastes had reached some sort of enlightenment about the impermanence of all things, and seasons are a very present part of our lives. Even in Boston, winter eventually gives way to spring. However, unlike the Buddha, this enlightenment did not give the teacher any bliss. Many scholars see the teacher as one who is deeply pessimistic. In Ecclesiastes, after the teacher realizes that nothing is permanent, he wrote, So I hated my life because what is done under the sun was grievous to me, for all is vanity and a chasing after wind. I hated all my toil in which I had toiled under the sun, seeing that I must leave it to those who come after me, and who knows whether they will be wise or foolish. Yet they will be master of all for which I toiled and used my wisdom under the sun. So I gave up my heart to despair. The teacher is a cynic, he's depressed, he's fearful. What can be done that another cannot one day destroy? And then what is worth doing at all? I have felt like the teacher at moments when I realize the inevitable end of relationships, objects, work. Sometimes these endings have been acrimonious, but many of them have simply been an end. Leaving high school, leaving college, leaving India. It can be very difficult to start new relationships and work after such goodbyes. I remember that after I left my student ministry at the Winchester Unitarian Society, it took me six months to go to another Unitarian Universalist church as a congregant. I had become so attached to the Winchester style, to the Winchester people, that I was temporarily unwilling and uninterested in practicing one of the most basic parts of my Unitarian Universalist faith, which is being in community and celebration on Sunday mornings. My understanding of attachment comes from the Buddhist Four Noble Truths, which include that suffering comes from attachment to transient things. And as Ecclesiastes says, everything is transient. With any loss, the Buddha said, there will be pain, but prolonged suffering comes from believing that one can be in control of an object or another person, keeping them as they are or as they once were. That's attachment. At transitional moments, we realize our attachments and how hard they are to get over. As Zen Buddhist monk Thich Nhat Hanh writes, many people have the desire to let go, but they're not able to do so because they don't yet have enough insight. 
They haven't seen other alternatives, other doorways to peace and happiness. Fear is an element that prevents us from letting go. We're fearful that if we let go, we'll have nothing else to cling to. Letting go is a practice, is an art. And this is why we make exit strategies for when we must refrain from embracing. In the pit of despair and longing, we follow a path and wait for our heart to catch up. For the teacher, he lived to eat, drink, and be merry, remaining in the present moment and ignoring his inevitable death. For my friend, she gave back her ex's iPad. In our second hymn this morning, we sang lyrics adapted from the works of Chinese philosopher Confucius, who was a thinker very committed to rules. In his philosophical system, Confucius encouraged altruism, Ren, expressed through proper behaviors and customs, Li. Li is the how of Ren, spelling out etiquette of social, political, and familial relationships. Confucius believed that while everyone has the capacity for compassion for Ren, without the guidelines of Li, there would be frequent missteps and mishaps. Now, in all this talk of rules, perhaps those of you in the congregation who are staunch, radical, anti-establishment, Unitarian Universalists have become a bit itchy. The Unitarian Universalist faithful have our own social norms, and among them are to look at rules critically, scientifically, freely, because of the harm some rules have done. How many of us have been told or forced not to be someone or be with someone because of social norms. Homophobia, sexism, classism, racism, ableism, ageism, each of these have found power in social norms. How we treat one another, who we can love, who is valued. Sometimes rules do not actually guide compassion our progressive faith tradition compels us to let love guide our best practices of how we are with one another. We throw many of the rules, the old ones, right out the window. And I would love to throw the rules right out the window when it comes to my departure from Arlington Street Church, set for June 15th. There should be no intentional or ministerial contact between a departing minister and members, staff, or clients of congregations for at least a two-year period. In a lecture to fellow Unitarian Universalist ministers, Reverend Mark Morrison Reed said that leaving a congregation is emotionally difficult, painful, heartbreaking. Morrison Reed writes, each individual ministry is mortal. It has its lifespan, a beginning and an end. Knowing this, we still invest our essence into the community. We treat it not as a job, but as our lives. Then, as Mary Oliver writes, when the time comes to let it go, we have to let it go. This is the way it must be. The risk of loss is not just great, it is certain. Therefore, it takes courage for us to wholly engage 
in the life of the community, knowing that what awaits us at the end of our ministry is grief. A grief made deep by comforting familiarity, conflicts weathered, and dreams once shared. These past few weeks have been an emotional time for me. As with any transition, my feelings have been mixed. Excitement for the future and sadness for leaving all of you. Humbled to be leading an amazing staff team beginning this fall and lonely knowing it won't be this congregation's amazing staff team. Pride in what we have accomplished together, the transformation team, social justice initiatives, educational and spiritual growth, and guilt for what feels unfinished. I would love to throw the guidelines right out the window when it comes to my departure from Arlington Street Church. For a time after their first call, Morrison-Reed and his co-minister and wife, Reverend Donna Morrison-Reed, thought they and their congregation would do fine at letting go. They were courageous, they understood impermanence. But after they left their first church, they kept in touch with a select few parishioners to whom they were quite close. That was a mistake, Morrison-Reed writes, a misguided courtesy. A long revealing letter would arrive, or a note from someone I knew had ceased attending, or a wistful comment about us from someone who was keeping the new minister at arm's length. In those moments, I cringed, for I knew we were intruding upon our successor's ministry. There were some to whom I was the minister and their new pastor, the interloper. As my experience with the Winchester Church demonstrates, this happens not just from a congregation to a former minister, but from a minister to their former congregation. If we do not love each other without attachment, it would be a disaster. For you to remain the excellent teaching congregation you are, you must let me go so that you may love your next intern. For me to become the excellent minister you trained me to be, I must let you go so that I may love my next congregation. Sometimes we should throw the rules right out the window, but sometimes the rules are what help us let go, heal, get over it. No contact for two years. Enjoy the present moment. Give back the iPad. So I hope we make the most of these last few weeks together before it is time to refrain from embracing. Let us eat, drink, and be merry. Let us not depart from one another with things left unsaid. At the governing body meeting, the Prudential Committee meeting this past week, I gave some parting words. You have the best worship in town, I told them. You have talented, dedicated members. You are a congregation gifted and willing to train our denomination's next ordained leaders. You have the courage to take the risk of love when grief is certain. I am grateful to you. Please, don't squander these riches. 
Find creative ways to do stewardship and covenant renewal so you're not trapped by worries about money. Live into your heritage as the social justice congregation of Boston. Always take care of each other. The community of Arlington Street Church has much to give and to be. Perhaps there are some of you who have last words for me before I leave in June. I invite you to share them with me, words of encouragement, words of advice. Let us not depart from one another with things left unsaid. When I think of our relationship, a teaching congregation and their freshly ordained intern minister, I remember this poem by Jewish American poet Linda Paston to a daughter leaving home. When I taught you at eight to ride a bicycle, loping along beside you as you wobbled away on two round wheels, my own mouth rounding in surprise when you pulled ahead down the curved path of the park, I kept waiting for the thud of your crash as I sprinted to catch up while you grew smaller, more breakable with distance. Pumping, pumping for your life, screaming with laughter, the hair flapping behind you like a handkerchief waving goodbye. We are growing smaller from one another, more breakable with distance. But I hope we have given each other all we need to pump for our lives, screaming with laughter, hair flapping behind us. May my greatest prayers for all of you be fulfilled as we say goodbye. May your greatest prayers for me be fulfilled as we say goodbye. May we fly off loving and proud of each other without attachment, always excited for our next great relationship. Blessed be and amen. <laughs>